at one time, when I was a young nun, I was practicing with a Burmese master, and he said, would you like to know the jet plane to Nibbana? And I said, yes. And he said, hearing. And he taught me this way of hearing, listening to sound, sound meditation as a focus for practice. So we have two ears, but they can be used in unison if they're both working. But if the hearing isn't so good, this might not be the best choice. However, you may still be able to hear the sound within you. Only you could know that. Like if you're able to listen from within or to feel vibration. But then it's more earth elements rather than the hearing consciousness. Really, it isn't about the external sound so much as about opening the ear door to receive vibration. And vibration would come in the form of sound waves. However, there is an internal sound which people often can notice. It's like a hum, a high-pitched frequency. And it may be audible without the ear. I'm not an audiologist, so I, I don't know about that. But I think it has a lot to do with vibration and frequency, of course. And for some, deafness is the lack of being able to hear certain frequencies, but others are still audible. So you can test it. The test is not what you hear as much as how well we can bring our attention to the experience of sound or vibrational frequency within the heart, within the mind-heart, and how much we can stay with that. All of these techniques are oriented for the same purpose. It is to sharpen, develop, and exercise to an adept level our ability to focus the mind inward on one point with purposeful attention, undistracted mindfulness, unrelenting, ongoing attention to the present moment, unwavering attention, alert, aware, and able to know fully, engage fully with the moment, and not with anything else. There are many approaches, many techniques. 
into that intersection between the timeless and time. The axis mundi that is found within the heart, it is not external to us. We're always looking for the answer, for the way, for the door, the gates, the opening on the outside. But really, it is within us. Maybe we have too much choice. As soon as we have a lot of techniques, we get busy choosing, comparing. I like this. We like it for a while, and then we get tired of it. This is greed. This is ignorance. This is confusion. We pick some method, and we experiment with it. Some methods work better than others. Some work well for some and not for others. Maybe in the old days, the trainers, the masters, would not let their students pick and choose so much. You got one technique and you just follow it. If you get tired, you just keep doing it. You push through your weariness, your exhaustion, your boredom. These are hindrances you push through. You waddle through, you break through, one way or another. But we're spoiled. We're a generation of pretty spoiled, individual. I'm going to have it my way. Forget about the instructions. I'm going to figure it out myself. This could be a big waste of energy. You just follow the instructions. And be persevering, persistent, caring, attentive, and inspired. It's important work. But getting back to sound, so the sound that comes from outside of us may not be very regular. If it is something quite consistent, maybe even the tweeting of the birds. But it's not such a regular sound. It comes and goes, it's a tweet-tweet here and a tweet-tweet there. But not as consistent as, say, sitting next to Niagara Falls and listening to that. Or a waterfall near you. And just listening with both ears attentive, open, and hearing. It's not liking or disliking. You like that particular sound, but only the first two notes and not the rest. It's not like that. But more just hearing consciousness. Hearing the sound strike the ear door, and then knowing the consciousness that arises from that, knowing the sound, the vibration, feeling it even, feeling the echo of it. It may start off loud and then diminish, a denouement. And you let that permeate the whole body, and come back to 
the ear door. Noticing whatever mind states arise around the sound. They may be pleasant, unpleasant, distressful, sad, joyful, whatever. Whatever mind state is there, we notice the effect of the sound, but immediately return to hearing, just to register the experience of sound and come back to the next moment. So each moment we're present with that. And if we're not present, bring attention back to the hearing, the ear door, opening to that, allowing it, really opening, staying open, not shutting down, not thinking. Again, your present, present moment, awareness of sound. And then that sound and that hearing, they're contiguous and they're consecutive. You don't miss, you don't allow the mind to wander into, well, I don't like this. I'm going to try something else. No, don't do that. Just try. Stay with it. Be with it. Work with it. Like if you're making a bread, you have to knead it. Massage it. Work with it till it has the right consistency. And after you've done it a few times, you know exactly when it's ready to go in the oven. So we don't, in this case, we don't massage the sound at all. We just receive it. But our way of receiving it, at first it could be overreach, trying too hard. So you want to open the ear door, like have your ears like giant radar dishes. Really open, so you're receptive. The whole body becomes an ear. The whole body is hearing, not just the ear. And your mode is receptive. So whatever sound is available, it's coming in. And it's pervading consciousness. And as it pervades consciousness, The whole body is filled with that. So it's not just an experience in your head, but it reverberates into the heart. And then we know this sound. We feel it. We taste it. It becomes a real moment of present moment awareness, of presence of receptivity, of full conscious awareness. To be fully present. And then, whatever sound continues, it just feeds into this river of sound that we bathe in. 
There was so much in the sound, the rest of the world disappears. Then the hearing consciousness can be a basis for our meditation, truly. It's not outside of us. There is no outside or inside. It's a full attention, a fully embodied receptivity to the present moment in the form of sound. As we do this, and we're sitting and hearing, our concentration may deepen. And if it does, you could experiment and use this sound wherever you are. When you rise from your seat, when you walk around, keep listening at the ear door and see if you can hear that inner frequency of sound within the mind-body. You may be able to hear it all the time. If you can hear it all the time, it's not something you create. It's something that appears at the ear door. It's the sound of silence. It's listening. The silence is never silent, not fully. We can always tune in and hear that at some level. But it may take getting used to, and it may not be for everyone. But if it does work for you, it's very powerful. Its power is that it can fill the whole mind so that there's no difference between the mind, the heart, and the body. It's as if you're bathing in sound then there's no distraction. It's much easier to bathe in the sound, perhaps, than it is to bathe in awareness of the breath. But that too can develop and be like a full immersion. Full immersion meditation is a kind of baptism. Holy baptism. It's really quite special. If you give yourself to it, if we do it willfully, it doesn't work. It's a process of giving yourself to the moment. It's a bow. It's a surrender. It's an emptying out 
and the sound enters and removes all the dust, empties us out, so that we can receive the Dhamma, pure, clear awareness, empty and true. There are no kilesas that can stay in the presence of that. They just evaporate. In that sense, it's truly a baptism. We have to be careful not to expect anything. These things don't happen just like that. We have to apply a balanced effort, continuous mindfulness, like a mother, a mothering, a not smothering, a mothering, <laughs> a caring for, which is not too much, not too little, just enough to receive the blessing and to sustain an attitude of gratitude. To be in a suitable place with good company, other like-minded practitioners who can respect the silence with you. And sitting together and bathing in silence. And then to apply that energy that is repetitive. That takes a certain amount of renunciation, giving up the world again and again, giving up the sense of wanting. All the activity at each sense door has to be quieted pacified with this longing to experience the Dhamma. Knowing the art of listening, practicing the art of listening in this way, we become more and more adept at it. So we have to start out like a beginner, just ready to learn. And we don't know yet, so can we try humility? Can we be humble? To try and keep trying. To ask if we lose the way. To follow the directions not to try to skip a grade or abbreviate. That would be driven by a kind of conceit. There's a story of a student that comes to the master and says, 
In the old days, people used to report seeing the face of God. How come that doesn't happen anymore? And the master says, because people can't stoop so low anymore. We need to bow, come on our knees to experience what is truly divine. It's not a god, it's a godness. It's a quality, a quality of truth, the reality landing in the heart. And we have to purify the space within the heart for that purity to appear, to arrive there. It's there, but we don't see that. We are blinded by our delusion and ignorance. And what we are doing is truly washing from the inside out. We cannot wash the world, but we can cleanse inwardly and be so patient in that process, patient with our own work and patient with the world. Patience is kind. Patience is forgiving. Patience is humble. And when it's truly practiced, we persevere for what is worth persevering and the generosity, both.